0: Welcome to What She Said. I'm your host, Candace Sampson. This week, much of Canada was grappling with an oppressive heat wave, and many of us don't have the luxury of air conditioning, myself included. So finding ways to stay cool has become a necessity. From keeping hydrated with icy beverages and eating light, refreshing meals to closing blinds during the day and using a fan to circulate air at night, we're all employing creative tactics to beat the heat. Thankfully, despite the heat, I have an exciting show lined up for you this week and one that won't cause you to break out into a sweat. First up, I'm delighted to welcome back family conflict expert and professional certified coach, Allie Payne. Allie's insights on parenting, especially when it comes to dealing with teenagers, are always enlightening. Today, she will be sharing valuable advice on how to model healthy conflict for your teens, a skill every parent should have. Next, if you're planning a summer getaway, let me take you on a virtual trip to the heart of Toronto. Tracy Ford, the Director of Public Relations at the Chelsea Hotel, will guide us through the vibrant, bustling city with its lively festivals, rich cultural heritage, and a food scene to die for. Following our virtual tour, my regular contributor, Anne Brody, will join me with her weekly roundup of film and TV reviews. This week, we'll discuss the intimate family portrait, Something You Said Last Night, and the poignant drama, Tiger Within, featuring the late, great Ed Asner in his final film role. After the film reviews, I get to dive into a candid conversation with Jessica Earnshaw about her new documentary, Jacinta. Unfolding over three years, this intimate story of addiction and recovery explores the lives of a mother and daughter, both incarcerated and struggling with drug addiction. Wrapping up the show, Ann Brody is back with an insightful conversation with the team behind This Place, a groundbreaking coming-of-age drama exploring themes of displacement, love, and cultural identity. And we'll be speaking with the film's writer-director VT Nayani and actor Priya Guns. This compelling film weaves together the experiences of refugees, indigenous peoples, and the LGBTQ+ community with a touching love story at its core. Stay tuned for this engaging interview. So sit back, grab a cold drink and join me in this week's entertaining journey, a pleasant distraction from this heat right here on What She Said. I'm delighted to have Allie Payne, our acclaimed family conflict expert and professional certified coach back today. Allie is known for her powerful insight and compassionate approach to parenting, drawing on her extensive experience to guide parents through the trials and tribulations of raising adolescents. Allie's commitment to helping families navigate tough conversations, set healthy boundaries and foster strong relationships is truly inspiring. Today, Allie shares her valuable expertise on an incredibly important topic, how to model healthy conflict for your teenagers. Welcome back to the show, Allie. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start off then. Could you please start by explaining why it's so important for parents to model healthy conflict resolution for their teenagers?
1: Absolutely. It actually is really simple. You cannot have a healthy and successful relationship without conflict. There you go. <laughs> you, you cannot have, if you do not have conflict, uh, what science can prove is without conflict, there's no growth. Without conflict, there's no change. Now, change can be scary for sure. But if we don't have the um, emotional tools and, and the, the comfort level, because let's face it, conflict is dis. Is uncomfortable, then we're not likely to wade into conflict. And when we're not modeling this for our teenagers, we're we're running the risk of setting their relationships up to fail because they will model whatever you have modeled. So um it's really, really important for our kids to have this um safety and knowledge that conflict is not going to set their hair on fire and that actually conflict can be a good thing
0: oh god like you are just i feel like <laughs> i'm the one who needs to be in therapy right now because i i hate conflict i hate it yeah. i avoid it at all costs yeah. i realize that i have modeled this for my teenagers so it sounds like maybe parents need to do some work first before they can maybe model for
1: their teenagers absolutely and this, this isn't about like dissing anybody or, you know, your parents or whatever you came from. It's that it's likely whatever you learned about conflict is doing one of two things. It's either continuing to play out now that you are a parent, parenting teens, or you've done a 180. So here's an example. If you came from a home that was highly authoritarian, so it was, I mean, you might've got a smack if you even questioned your parents, let alone were back talking or pushing against very hard set rules. And authoritarian parenting had conflict show up where it was loud. Um, You may have felt afraid or scared and that your parents were likely doing anything they could to control, be right, or maintain power over and that means with each other or with you so that that's what conflict might have looked like and so now you are fearing conflict but you're doing it by trying to consistently shut it down do whatever it takes to shut it down get louder get bigger get stronger get meaner whatever it takes just shut it down and i know you're doing this to feel safe i, I understand that or you might be going the other way which is conflict was bad and scary and loud and i don't want that so we're just going to Pace a smile on this thing because we are not doing conflict here. And so now we're doing this whole conflict avoidance thing. They both come from fear. They're just two very different ways of now showing up with it. So absolutely having a look at what conflict was when I even when you hear me say the word conflict, when you are listening, what is the first thing that comes to mind? That's a great place to start. Oh, for me, it's absolutely avoid,
0: avoid, avoid, run away from it. So <laughs> this actually adds a whole new layer into this, even for me sitting here having this conversation with you, is it really does drive home the point that it's very important to address your own demons, because mm-hmm. it's so helpful for your kids when you tackle them head on,
1: right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can, it's, um, it's okay to be afraid of conflict. It's Okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to like pretend you're dancing. We're not into pretending. We're not doing that. Like dancing through through the meadow of roses. That's not what we're doing. You. The key here is letting yourself know, because this is where we get triggered. And the definition of triggered is when your younger self in your psyche shows up, hijacks the show, and you go, "What am I doing?" It's like having an out of body response to something that you go, "I don't even know." That's a trigger. So your little self. which this is not woo woo, this is like psychologically proven, your little self is repeating whatever it knew or trying to um, likely avoid what it knew. So for you to say, okay, even though conflict was loud and scary, maybe there was violence, maybe things got broken um, in your home as a child, for you when you feel conflict coming, and we all know, what's the red flag for you? Because you have a red flag, whether it's sweaty palm dry mouth a heart beating out of your chest chest pains headache whatever it is you the first thing you need to let yourself know is i'm safe you don't have to wade into the conflict but we don't have to run away like our hair's on fire either we got to let ourselves know i'm safe i'm safe and same if you're if your reaction is to avoid we can say oh, i'm safe i'm safe i am here right now in this house we do this like the five like notice what are five things you notice? What do you see around you? What do you notice in you? What do you notice happening for you? What are just to ground yourself, you're safe. You're safe. So that's about the taking ownership because when you do that, guess what you're doing? You're modeling that exact same thing for your teenager. That this might feel hard and yucky, but you are also safe. So, so my also,
0: hands, so also though, no. so I guess we could model it with our partner in the house and other right. people. But maybe a good place to start is that
1: conflicts we have with our teens. Yes. Yeah. And and because, I mean, hello, if you're a parent, you're welcome to conflict. Like it doesn't, they're two years old. You've got conflict, right? Um, So modeling that sort of take a breath because breathing is the fastest way to calm your nervous system. Um, And often in conflict, we stop breathing or we breathe really shallow. So take a breath. Just take a breath. And in that moment, you can say to yourself in your head, I'm safe. And maybe you let your teen know, okay, this feels hard for me. Um, I'm just letting myself know I'm safe because as you may or may not have known, your kids may not know this. When I grew up, conflict was really scary and I don't want that for us. I'm safe. You're safe. And then we get to, you just got to pause for a sec because our brains do relationship at nanosecond speed faster than our intellectual brain can keep up with. This doesn't go well for us. So it's about taking a breath and and sort of doing like the talking stick, which is um, um, an indigenous tool, which is so powerful, is that only the person who has the stick can talk. And so it stops the escalation of interruption and assumption, which our brains do naturally. And again, don't go well for us. So only one person's talking at a time that we hear each other, which is not about agreeing. We hear each other. And when we, our brains can process and articulate what we're feeling in the frustration and anger that naturally de-escalates. It it begins to regulate our emotions so that we can be in a safer conversation, not a dangerous conflict.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, things might go off the rails too, right? Like you might revert to, bad, you yeah. know, former bad habits and all of that. Yes. So how important it <laughs> is it to be able to apologize to your teen when things do go self? Well, maybe you took self. Right.
1: hundred percent. Like we, we all need to give each other the compassion and grace to be less than perfect because God forbid, like, I don't know about you, but I'm not in the game of being perfect. Tried that. It almost took me out. Um, so it's not, no, I think it's totally fine. Our brains are reactive. Our emotional brain is reactive. That's a That's its whole, it actually reacts faster than your intellectual brain, as I said. So this is, this takes practice. It's like working out a muscle. So when you notice yourself going down a path of either avoiding, I'm looking at you, either avoiding (laughs) or um, needing, going to control and power over and louder and bigger, it is okay to go back to your teen and say, you know what? Wow. This is what I've noticed. And the key here is one word, ownership take ownership. Conflict wants us to project. You, 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 you. Conflict really works well when we take ownership. So take ownership and say, look, I'm sorry. Maybe you don't say I'm sorry. Maybe you're pissed at them and that's okay too. Maybe you say, you know what? I didn't, I, I don't love how I did that. Um, I understand how I just did that may have had an impact with us. Could we have a do-over? Can, can I, could, Is do you have space for me to do, do this over? yeah, for sure. I love it. Well, once again, you've crawled
0: inside of my brain alley. So thank (laughs) you for that. And I hope you've I hope you've crawled into a few other parents listening to this as well. Um, I want them to be able to connect with you. And obviously, you you have a lot of steps for for parents to get through this uh, on your website. So where's the best place for people to connect?
1: Uh, You can find me on social media at Allie Payne, A-L-Y-P-A-I-N, or my website, AlliePayne.com. Under the blog, there's tons of free tools and resources to get started. All right. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today, Allie. Thanks so much. More of What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up.
0: CareToKnow.ca is a free resource where Canadians receive the latest health information, updates on new and existing treatments, and advice from Canadian doctors via email. After enrolling at CareToKnow.ca, you'll receive accurate and reliable information from trusted Canadian medical experts delivered directly to your inbox. Members can also access the website for information on a variety of health-related topics. Through resources like vodcasts, podcasts, and live webinars, Canadian experts discuss how to manage a number of medical conditions and provide the latest knowledge and advice to help you make informed decisions about your family's health with your own health care provider. To sign up and start learning more about the health matters that impact you most, enroll in caretoknow.ca today. La, 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 la,
1: la, la. And now back to Candace Sampson and what she said.
0: If there's one place to be this summer, it's the vibrant, bustling city of Toronto. Known for its lively festivals, rich cultural heritage, and delectable food scene, Toronto has something for everyone. To help us explore all the city has to offer, we're joined today by an insider who knows Toronto like the back of her hand, Tracy Ford, Director of Public Relations at the Chelsea Hotel. Tracy, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show.
2: Thanks, Candice, for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be on your show.
0: So, summer in Toronto is always a fun time with a plethora of events happening around the city. Hard to keep up, actually. So, could you highlight some of the must-see summer events or festivals for us?
2: Absolutely. Honda Indies returning in July, which is exciting for Toronto. Um, the Caribbean Festival will be back, but I think it's just going to be bigger and better than ever, and that would be over the August long weekend. And then best of all is the Canadian National Exhibition will be in full force this summer uh, from August 18th to the end of Labor Day weekend. And our hotel is the official hotel partner. So watch for packages and special rates.
0: I haven't been to the CNE since 2018. I think, is that right? No, 2019, just before the pandemic. I can't wait to get back uh, to it. So I'm hoping this, this is the year for me to get back to it for sure. Absolutely. So the cultural tapestry of Toronto is incredibly rich and diverse. So for visitors interested in soaking up some of the culture, what landmarks or museums would you suggest they visit?
2: Well, I think that, um, you know, really steps from the hotel, the Royal Ontario Museum and the Art Gallery, and the gardener Museum are uh, the three choices that I would make. They have got some great exhibits happening this summer, and they, like I said, they're steps from the hotel um, downtown. And when you talk about uh, culture, the, the city is very diverse. We have so many great neighborhoods to visit, and of course, you touched on the uh, on the cult, the food scene. But there's a really diverse food scene in Toronto as well.
0: I mean, and after being locked in for what seemed like a very, very long winter, uh, it's time to enjoy the green spaces. So let's talk about those. Where can people uh, visit amazing green spaces in Toronto? Not just people who live in Toronto and know about it, but if you're coming from out of town, where should you look?
2: Well, I would say that one of my favorite places is Toronto Island. It's a quick trip across to the island by the ferry and the island offers, you know, so many options for families and for couples. There's a couple of beaches there. There's restaurants. You can rent bikes. And you can have a picnic. And there's, you know, all kinds of water activities as well. So it's great green space to visit.
0: Tell me, what what's the beach with all the pink umbrellas? That one I want to see because I've seen, them, I've seen it in Instagram pictures everywhere.
2: Well, that would be sugar beach. And that is that is not that far, actually, from the distillery district on the waterfront.
0: Oh, excellent. All right. Well, another good place to visit then. Um, so obviously, if you're in Toronto, you need a soft place to land. So let's talk about the Chelsea Hotel. I was just there uh, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things I always makes me sort of go, oh, that's so cute, is your little kid check-in at the front counter. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a really it's welcoming for uh, for families with their kids that they get to do their own check in. They get a little gift to take away. So it's a nice it's a nice way to welcome our, our young guests.
0: Yeah, but it's not just for families, too. That's the other thing I noticed is that most for the most part, it was a lot of adults at the hotel and you've recently renovated. So what are some of the new highlights of the at the hotel?
2: So we just renovated our south tower, which is now renamed as the executive tower, and the rooms are the executive rooms. And they just went through a complete renovation. So there were 600 of those rooms that we just recently did. And we also did some other renovations in the hotel. So we've been refreshing the hotel for the past six months, which is great.
0: So tell me then about some of the amenities in the hotel then when people come back and they... Just They cannot go any further in the city. What can they do at the hotel?
2: Well, absolutely. We have two really great areas for couples and families. So for families, it's the family fun zone, where we have the family pool, the only indoor water slide in downtown Toronto, which is a big hit, a kids' center, and a teen lounge. So something for everyone when you're traveling with your with your kids. And then if you're not traveling with kids, we have the pool on the top floor, in deck twenty seven. That's a really nice quiet oasis for a little swim and there's a fitness center and an outdoor sun deck. So it's a little place for that for couples to go to.
0: All right, incredible. So if people are planning a vacation uh, to Toronto and they're not quite sure what to do, where's the best place to uh, source out, you know, their itinerary?
2: Um I would suggest that they go to destinationToronto.com, you know, for you know, planning their vacation, planning their trip. Because they have all kinds of, you know, things to do, suggestions, lots and lots of um, ideas for for planning a trip with either as a couple or um, as a family. And you can also go to our website, which is, which is KelseyToronto.com, and you can get a lot of ideas for planning a trip from our website as well.
0: And I just, I feel I need to add this, but if people are going in, park your car at the Chelsea and leave it parked for the duration of your holiday. It's so easy to get around Toronto. Um, Again, I hadn't been in a little while, but I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and it was so easy to get around.
2: Yeah, we, we have a very walkable city, and the hotel is centrally located downtown. We're stuck to many attractions and lots of great dining choices and shopping. So, yeah, leave your car. Um, The subway is across the street, so you could hop on that or a short Uber ride to some of the other destinations that are a little bit further away that you may not want to walk to.
0: Exactly. Okay, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure having you.
2: Thank you, Candace. Really enjoyed this.
0: Joining me now for Saturday Night at the Movies is Anne Brody. And Anne, I got to tell you what happened to me last weekend. Uh, I went to the theater... For the first time, no, since before the pandemic, yeah, no way, because I had to see the new Harrison Ford movie because you know, I love Harrison Ford; he is my I number do know one. That. I so we, I, so we went to see this movie, uh, Dial of Destiny, and three quarters of the way through, the fire alarm went off, and we didn't get to see the end of it. <laughs> oh
3: what does that tell you, Candace? That's a sign. That's
0: a sign. Anyway, it was so good, though. I have to say the theater was excellent. They gave us free passes and they gave us free passes for, the, for another show. So Yay. we'll go back and finish it. But uh, it just made me laugh. I thought, not meant to be.
3: So what do you got for us this week? Let's start with this place. Uh Okay. yes, Uh, this is Devery Jacobs is this incredible uh, Mohawk actor from uh, Canada who is really making inroads. She's in Reservation Dogs, which is actually going to begin its third and final season. But she starts as a young woman who's lived her life on the reservation and comes to Toronto uh, in hopes of, you know, establishing a new life for herself. So she meets a woman called Malai, played by Priya Guns, and she's a Tamil from Sri Lanka. Well, they have very full discussions about how they don't feel Canadian because of the genocides committed against their uh, people. Um, But they, a connection, they build a really strong connection and it's basically a coming in of, of age story. There's so many complications, which too much, too little time to tell you. But it's about a mountain of, of, of stored emotion that is finally crumbling because they meet one another. And this is at Tiff Bell Lightbox. All
0: right, excellent. And next up, you have something you've
3: said. Oh my God, this is so good. Something you said last night. Wow. It's a very intimate portrait of Renata, played by uh, a trans actor, Carmen Madonia. Now, she's on vacation with her parents, and they're incredibly supportive of her, as is her sister. Um, You know, and uh, Renata has no body issues. She wears a string bikini, but her sister, who's Mm -hmm. stunning, has tons of body issues, so um, their sibling relationship rings really true. It's it's positive. They sometimes have little fights. They sleep in the same bed in the holiday home. You know they're very close, uh, and they go out into public. They go out to a party at night, and she's always Renata's always on the lookout for bias and uh, potential for uh, bullying. But honestly, it's one of the most Profoundly moving films I've seen in a while. It's it's extraordinary. So I would tell everyone to go out and see it. It, it is also at TIFF Bell Lightbox. You can catch two films there. Something you said last night.
0: All right, excellent. Uh, Tiger Within.
3: Yeah, t- uh, Ed Asner's final film. He is. Uh, He stumbles across a young homeless girl sleeping in the cemetery when he goes out to his wife's graveside. He waits for her to waken up. She's been kicked out of her home in the Midwest. This is in L.A. And uh, he says, come to my house. He's quite elderly. He's on a cane. He says, come to my house. You can bathe and I'll feed you. And she goes. And her jacket has a swastika on the back. And he says to her, do you know what that means? And she has no clue. So, you know, it's breaking down barriers between these two radically different people. And again, it's a wonderful film. And um, he tells her about the Holocaust and he tells her about living with hope. And she is able to finally brush off the disappointment she's had with her family. And he becomes her family. It's really nice.
0: And Ed Asner, oh, Oh. Just, just love him. Gosh, like we yeah, we lost a real a real gem there. Uh yeah. okay, you've got some exciting news from Disney.
3: Disney is going to be releasing 28 of its classic animated shorts. And I love these. They're so basic and funny and beautiful and Entertaining, um, because Disney's selling it, celebrating its 100th birthday, so that's happening on on. Uh, it's happening right now today, so uh, look for those, and I can't wait to watch them all. I I love the old Disney animation. So these are on Disney Plus. Yes, yes, they are. So, uh, I just want to mention very quickly the lesson with Richard Grant spectacular film about tension in a household when a stranger comes and it's in theaters
0: Alright, excellent so you've got all of these and a whole lot more as usual over on whatshesaidtalk.com and you will be back next week
3: We'll see you then, stay cool
0: Yes, thank you Anne Are you looking for authentic, high-quality and handcrafted seal fur and leather products created by Canadian Indigenous fashion designers and artists? Look no further than Proudly Indigenous Crafts and Designs, or Pick and D for short. Their e-commerce platform celebrates and showcases the skill and creativity of Indigenous fashion designers and artists. These innovative artists combine traditional sewing techniques with a contemporary approach to create modern and timeless accessories, footwear, clothing, and home decor products. And when you buy from Pick and D, you are not just getting a beautiful and authentic seal product; you're also supporting Indigenous communities. Proudly Indigenous products are natural, eco-friendly, and of the highest quality. So visit proudlyindigenouscrafts.com today and experience the beauty of Indigenous craftsmanship. Pick and D proudly showcasing Indigenous fashion and supporting Indigenous communities. La, la.
1: Now, back to Candace Sampson and what she said.
0: In this next segment, I'm joined by a multi-talented artist who uses her lens to shed light on societal issues, familial relationships, and women's experiences. Jessica Earnshaw is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and photographer whose work has graced the pages of National Geographic, The New York Times, and more. Her debut feature film *Jacinta* won the Albert Mazel's Best New Documentary Director Award at the 2020 Tribeca Film Festival, and has since garnered multiple nominations. Jessica joins me now to discuss. Welcome to What She Said, Jessica.
4: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, your work has a significant focus on criminal justice and familial relationships. So, can you tell us a bit about how you navigate the fine line between being a filmmaker? and a human being when dealing with these sensitive
4: topics? Yeah. So um, when I w- started working on this film with Jacinta, um, you know, to get, I do verte filmmaking work. So you really have to spend a lot of time with your subjects um, and gain trust and all this kind of stuff. Um, and with Jacinta, she has a heroin addiction and she was using heroin during the filming. So it was really important to me that, um, you know, in all my projects, I really care about my subjects. And with Jacinta, I wanted to make sure that she felt, you know, supported by me as a person um, first, where, you know, as a filmmaker, I'm capturing everything that's going on in her life, but she definitely feels, you know, um, you know, that she can trust our relationship and all this kind of stuff. So it's a delicate balance of just trying to figure out, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm explaining this properly, (laughs) but... Yeah, does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's a difficult line to walk, I'm sure. Uh, and the documentary itself has left a really profound impact on a lot of viewers. So, how has the film impacted Jacinta herself? And and can you share with us how she's doing now?
4: Yeah. So, um, so the film, you know, just to kind of give a little backstory on it, um, I met Jacinta and her mother. Um, who were incarcerated in Maine. Um, I, While they were incarcerated, I was doing a, a, a photo essay on aging in prison at the time. I spent about two weeks with Jacinta inside the prison, followed Jacinta out into the community. Um, she was trying to recover from a heroin addiction, and I followed her in her life for three years as she was trying to um, connect back to her daughter, um, who was on the outside being raised by her parent- parental grandparents, and she was 10 at the time. So... Um, It was a really intense few years with Jacinta, and she was incredibly open and brave, and allowed me to film a lot of different things in her life. Um, So at this point with Jacinta, she um, she's doing really amazing. She's actually I don't want to spoil anything in the film, so I won't say too much more about the film, but um, she you know, has not, she's been sober for two years. She, um, has been doing a lot of like impact work with us, doing a lot of talks around the film, using the film in different, um, kind of, you know, re-entry centers and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, she's just, the film has had a really great impact, um, when it comes to her life. Um, she has been showing, um, the film to her family, like she's had a, viewings with her family members, and they have, you know, used the film for kind of like internal f- healing within their family.
0: And as a woman in the film industry, how do you feel your perspective influences your storytelling, particularly in the creation of Jacinta?
4: Um, I think. Well, I'm really interested in, in stories about women specifically, but uh, I think as a woman, um. It's definitely easier for me to like relate to my subjects, um, especially these three generations of women. Um, I I think the the angle or the um, entryway into the story is really through this family, and um, and just the dynamics between mothers and daughters. And I think being a daughter, um, being um, and having like nieces and nephews in my life, I could I could see those familiar relationships. You know, because I I can identify with that. I have those same relationships in my life, just not necessarily the incarceration and the addiction. So um yeah, I think we're really it, you know, it just helps to be a woman and working with women, I think. (laughs) And and the documentary just started airing on Disney Plus in
0: Canada. How does that feel?
4: Um, it feels great. I mean, I'm really, really happy it's in Canada. It's actually in most countries in the world now. Um, when we Premiered in the states two years ago, we ended up um, um, going abroad with it, and it's. But Canada is just taking a little longer to get here, so I'm just really excited. I'm from Canada. I grew up in, Victor- in Victoria on Vancouver Island, and um, I've had a lot of support here over the years. And um, I've had a lot of friends asking me for a link to the film, which I've just kind of like held off on giving. Um, so finally, people can see it. So I'm just uh, incredibly happy.
0: And so this project obviously was completed a long time ago. I mean, you mentioned it's been a couple of years even in the United States. So what are you working on now?
4: So I'm working on a new – I'm working – I'm about to start a film, but I'm finishing a different film. Um, so the film I'm working on right now is um, also about a family mixed up in the criminal justice system um, it's tackling more, um, it's more along the lines of reproductive rights and um, and long sentences for women. And um, I can't give too much information right now, but it's a, also a Verte film and very and pretty intimate also.
0: Well, you definitely have to come back uh, to talk about that film when it's ready to discuss yep. because that sounds exactly like the t- kind of things we talk about all the time on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thank you so much for joining me today and I want people to be able to follow along and keep up with you. So where's the best place for them to do that?
4: So um, we've put all our updates on an Instagram most consistently and it's Jacinta Film. So at Jacinta Film. Um, we're also on Facebook with the same handle and Twitter. Um, and I think those are probably the main places. We also have a website, jacentafilm.com, and uh, we have a whole social impact cam- campaign where you can find more information about that on site.
0: All right, incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jessica. Thanks
4: so much for having me.
1: More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming right up. La, la, la. And now back to Candace Sampson and what she said.
0: We have a special treat this week as Anne Brody interviews writer-director VT Niani and actor Priya Guns about the coming-of-age drama This Place that weaves themes of cultural and personal displacement with an intimate love story. Let's listen in now.
3: What a wonderful film. Oh my goodness, you've kicked all the cliches to the curb. Thank this you. is so fresh. Um, I mean, let's start with the the lead who isn't quite maybe reliable. Complicated. <laughs> wow. Wow. Complicated. Complicated. And yeah, very surprising. Um, how did this idea come to you to to do something uh, with this girl? And when did you decide to make her? when in the writing process did you decide to make her the way she is shall we say
5: yeah so um i i really wanted to make a um sort of an elevated genre film that spoke to sort of our universal universal need and desire for love and and validation but i also wanted to make like a, de- a detailed character um, study on on this sort of complicated human that um, you know that 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 we're rooting for, but that you know that that is but but sort of gets swept up in in uh, sort of just trying to keep all the plates spinning, I guess. Um, She's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. And
3: I must say that Kirsey is so good at bringing those subtleties out because it is subtle, it's mm-hmm. so subtle. Um, also I love the fact that you have, um, uh, a man showing extreme vulnerability, Jesse. Wow. Again, you break the rules. That's so nice. Thank you so much. Yes. And, and also, uh, the big trilogy to me was the, the authority figures. You can't trust them. Yeah. So
5: what do we do? You know, I love, and I, I love this idea of like taking, Something and turning it on its head. So, like this, I, you know, you take a preconceived notion and, um, and you sort of throw it to the curb. Because I think ultimately, you know, if we're going to go back to, I guess, why I became a filmmaker <laughs> to start with is, 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 is because films have the ability to make people more compassionate and more empathetic. And, you know, and, and, and make people feel a little bit less alone, you know? And I think that my hope with this film is to, you know, is to, 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 make people, well, first of all, I'll say like, you, can't, you know, show, tell people you can't judge, judge a book by its cover. Right. But really it's, 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 a, it's a cautionary tale mm-hmm. that sort of speaks to our, our, our society's, you know, current need of um, Insta fame and Insta celebrity and how it can lead good people with positive intentions astray. <laughs> it's,
3: it's just colossal. In fact, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more you talk about it, I, I the more I want to see it again. It's really, it, it's a landmark you know, you, you've broken all the rules, which I love. Um, and also you've given a woman, uh, great smarts and power. She somehow acquires power (laughs) and it's unexpected. That too is unexpected because she, she was not that kind of person, not seeking it, but she found it. Um, you know, and again, that that also reflects the social media thing. I mean, people have power. It's, it's quite stunning. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that you've addressed these things. Mm-hmm. And I have a sort of question I think about an awful lot, um, given TV shows and films that come up and documentaries. What is it about true crime that interests us so much? What is it we're missing or looking for?
5: That truth is stranger than fiction? you know, and, and that something happens that feels like it, it's made up or that it was, you know, written or it could be a movie. But then when you find out that actually happened, it's, you're like, is, you know, is this, is, are we making life, Is, is life now imitating art or is art imitating life? And, you know, it's, it's it's a little scary to know that it's 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 not made up. And I think Susie, while it isn't a true story, um, it, it could be. Could be. And that's and that's that's why it is a cautionary tale. Because yeah. it's not so far out of the realm of what could happen based on you know where we are as a society in our, in our current, you know, fixation with adulation and, and, um and, and, and fame. How did we get here? I mean,
3: because of this, it's just the strangest thing. It's changed us. It's changed us as as people. Mm -hmm. I also want to congratulate you on that amazing cast of supporting actors as well. Dolly Wells, I love her. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Owens, love um, him. David Walton, super creepy. <laughs> it was great. Did you have them in mind initially? Or tell me how that worked.
5: Yeah, so actually David um David is actually a friend of of, of, of mine. Um and my my he's best friends with actually my my partner and um and we there was a moment because of the pandemic, we're going to go shoot in, in the UK, which was because at the the time, the only things, the only films that were going on period were actually in the UK. And then, I don't know if you remember this, but then the lockdown happened, the third national lockdown happened and they were, we actually moved back to America. But when we moved back to America, I was like, this means David can now be the deputy. I can now, you know, cast because I think I think David Walton is a tremendous actor. I think he's, you know, a part of me always had him in mind. Not part of me, I wow. always had him in mind for yeah. for the deputy. Um, and I was so thrilled that he said yes. So he was the only one that I really had in mind um, besides and Alex. And I've always been fans of theirs. Um, but 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 then you know with Jim, I'm just you know it's I'm fans of theirs. You know I'm. I'm a perpetual film, a uh, student of film and watch everything. And, um, you know, we, we got really lucky. I had an incredible casting director, Meredith Tucker, who, um, who casts, I mean, she, she, she casts things that are so in this sort of have this sort of unique satirical, she cast white Lotus, which is in a very similar vein, but she's, She's a veteran casting director. She's, she's brilliant and has done so much, but, um, and she was a really great, like, balancing board. But, you know, being the, the student that I am of film, you know, I love Dolly, I love Jeffrey Owens. These are, these are people that I, whose, you know, bodies of work I've, I've known and admired. And um, I was just thrilled that they said yes. I, and when I'm thinking about Jim,
3: he there's something about him that is reassuring the way he looks. He looks positive and comforting and all of that. But then, you know again, you break the rules he's not he's not a bad character, but like everyone, he's um he has dualities, you know mm-hmm. so this is what I find so darn. Impressive about your film. Now you're you're releasing it at, at TIFF, and tell me what it's been like. It's been
5: amazing. I mean, when it's it's you make a, a a piece of art, and you're in a black box editing it for a while, and then to be able to see it, you know, with an audience especially because it's a, a dark thriller mystery, dark comedy thriller mystery, to be able to to see the audience sort of lean forward or, you know, be on the edge of their seats or, you know, this last meeting I was at, um, we had a Q&A and I showed up right before the Q&A and the end, the end of the movie and I don't want to give anything away, but there's 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 a reveal and the audience um went, <laughs> no, what you know, like it was like the that and it it was really moving, you know, it made me it made me cry a little because it's it it just means that you know that 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 the audience is you got the audience that they're with you and that yes. Yeah, that is so
3: fantastic. Yeah, there's a there's a few times in that film when you're like, oh no! And I think I said it out loud at least that. twice. So you done good. I, I love that. Be a student of film, but wow, you've really put something wonderful out there.
5: I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sophie. Thank See you on the next one. New- See you okay. next. One. Look forward to it. Yay! Bye bye.
3: Thanks, Sam
0: that's it for what she said this week stay up to date with my newsletter by signing up at whatshesaidtalk.com and be sure to follow on social at what she said talk on facebook instagram and twitter for videos of these interviews and more you can also catch me on tiktok at candace said Finally, be sure to subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson wherever you listen to podcasts to catch past episodes and extended interviews. I'll be back next week with more What She Said.